coming up on the WAC Podcast, my first show that I ever missed was last week, but I'm back along with Kendra Sheehan here in studio. We're going to break down plenty of WAC basketball as we are only what's less than seven weeks away before we head to WAC Vegas. Kendra's also going to have her conversation with Spencer McLaughlin, the play-by-play voice on TV for Southern Utah, and we're going to have that plenty more to talk about coming up next on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Well, solo, (laughs) dolo. (laughs) So long. So long to the solo show. We are back. Both of us here, Eric Danner, Kendra Sheehan. It was lonely last week, you know. I was I was talking to myself for a bit, you know. It's, I was like, it's where am I going with this? Difficult than you would think. Yeah, I didn't have that full set plan. I'm like, I'm just gonna go with it. And yes. then I was doing the open, and I was I was, I really underestimate the power of the open. Because <laughs> a lot of times, you know, you're able to play off the other person. Something pops in your head. You can go in a different direction. When you're by yourself. Yeah, that's why the, those people who do those three-hour-long radio shows by themselves, like Colin Coward. Yeah. Well, he actually, Jason McIntyre kind of does a lot of it now, but uh, Jim Rome for years, solo show. I mean, you have callers, some, something like that, but just having to do it by yourself. That shout-out to you, but first time in almost three years because the WAC podcast was born back in March of 2020 and out of the uh, pandemic, if you will. And this was the first time I was ever not on the show. I feel week. so honored to have taken <laughs> what you have created and just, I took it. If I was a bird, I flew. You flew away with it. I was very proud, proud, I, proud father moment, proud <laughs> father of the podcast. I was in San father Antonio time. for the NCAA convention, which they had a communicators meeting, communications meeting that I represented the Western Athletic Conference. So very interesting topics. A lot of people kind of in the same boat on, on a variety of things. What, what's what been good since the pandemic? What's been bad since the pandemic? Those kind of things. Also had some guest speakers. Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic uh, talked to the group. She's the beat writer for uh, college football for The Athletic. Also Andy Katz, of course, everybody knows him from NCAA basketball. Used to be on ESPN for years. Now works with the NCAA and a, and a couple of other conferences, among other things. He's He's got a lot going on there. So good to see them and, and have a chance to interact with all kinds of different people from around the country in San Antonio, which, uh, as it turns out, isn't terribly far away from our conference office now. It took me about five hours, if you include a 30-minute stop at Bucky's in five Temple, Texas. Five hours included in the stop? Or was yes. It five? Wow, you were really cruising. Yeah, so it's not a uh, not a bad little drive. And then on the way back, went through Austin, which is a huge city uh, that I had not been through before. So very Interesting trip and worthwhile, but in the meantime, you were here solo last week, and in WAC men's basketball last week, we had a, a huge matchup, Seattle U taking on Utah Valley. Both these teams undefeated heading into that game, and Seattle U wins on the road. That was such a crazy game because, you know, Seattle U had come in. They were they're a really strong team. They've got – it's Chris Victor's 
squad this year, the the full year that he's the head coach, and they came in and it was it was close down to the wire, and they get the five point win. Riley Grigsby has a tremendous performance, and really impressed by where the Red Hawks are so far. Of course, Utah Valley, though, you know they're they're a really solid team, and that should be a really exciting you know potential one two matchup eventually. Can't even can't even speculate. Yeah, I can't I even mean, speculate on that, and especially when you include the. WAC resume yeah. seating system. So I did get an email before the show here of somebody asking us to like put together like an explanation of what the resume seating is in a nutshell. Oh, who asked you that? Well, uh, one of our one of our schools. Oh, okay. okay. Um, for the broadcasters. So I was oh. kind of contemplating that as we uh, headed into the show here because it, it is it's it's not as easy as as you might think. Yeah. Uh, as far as the points earned, those kind of things, it is a mathematical formula, and it takes into account all the games, as we've said all year long. Uh, but the other part of that uh, is that the one team that's not going to go to Whack Vegas on each side is determined by record. Right. So conference if, record only. If the conference tournament started today on the men's side, New Mexico State not going to the tournament. Right. Which is probably the biggest shock of the entire season. Yeah, especially since, you know, how they did last year, winning RWAC tournament, going to the NCAAs. I know it's – but you look at it, it's a completely different team, completely different coaching staff and, and everything that's gone on because, really, you look at the WAC resume seating system, you see UT Arlington is that, that last spot. But, yeah, that you are making a great point. A lot of people forget that to get into the tournament, top 12, only determined by the conference. And even as I was looking at this before, it's kind of funny because, you know, you're looking at, oh, the WAC resume seating system – Utah Valley in first with 3.19 points or whatever that means. Right. And then UT Arlington negative 3.94. And so it is It is a formula. There is, a, uh, you know, madness to, of course, we cannot release that formula. How would Ken Palm make his money if we release his formula? I mean, it's like the Kentucky Fried Chicken secret to herbs yeah. and spices. Can't do it. Uh, and it's very interesting as, as things have played out. And, you know, we I think some fans are, are – happy some fans not so happy about seeing these because you're used to seeing just the standings and this is more that kind of net standing in you know more reflective of that rather than just the win-loss record so fans might look at it and say hey seattle you beat utah valley in in orem last week seattle you should be the number one team the way the points uh, shake out this week, uh, Utah Valley goes in as the number one team. Yeah, and, it, you know, I guess, you know, even looking at uh, Southern Utah, a team that we had talked about on our Road to Whack Vegas show, 5-1. Stephen F. Austin, another one, 5-1, and one, and they're, you know, they're they're right there, 3-4, but then you you pull up the WAC resume seating system, and they're a bit further down. You know, you have, I guess, four is still Southern Utah, but Stephen F. Austin falling down to six, and so... You know, people are like, well, what if you can't schedule those crazy good non-conference? It's the direction we want you to go. You know, we want right. this conference. What better way to motivate teams to schedule these brutal, you know, top-notch non-conference schools if not to penalize them for not or, and it or also, rewarding them right. for doing that. And you, you know? also need to win. Yeah. And don't lose to bad teams. Correct. And if you win against a really good team like Sam Houston did at Oklahoma and at Utah, that's going a long ways to they've lost three games in conference, but they still sit there at number three. So pretty interesting stuff. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about it as we head into WAC Vegas. 
a big game, as we mentioned, Sam Houston and Stephen F. Austin. They play tonight on Thursday, Battle of the Hardwood Pineywood. Oh, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> Stephen F. Austin, I'll tell you, I'm going to SFA this weekend. I was talking to to uh, a one Hunter who is works for... Hunter uh, Overholt. Yes. Yes. And he said, do not pack any orange this weekend <laughs> as I came to Nacogdoches in the, uh, for football season. So the WAC road trip coming yes, back. The WAC so. road trip basket, hashtag basketball edition. And we had our Road to WAC Vegas show, not to be confused with that. So we I know. Road, road in two trip, different things. Road to WAC Vegas. Because we're on the road a lot, we're, let's face it. We're moving. We're grinding. We're running. We're driving. So Road to Wag Vegas, we had Mark Kellogg on the show this week from SFA. Our UTA. featured game, women's basketball, will be UTA at SFA. When we kind of drew this up at the beginning of the season, these were two of the top teams. And still, I mean, UTA is number five in the resume seating system That's on the women's point. side. Maybe their record isn't what some people might have expected, but they're still right there. They're still a dangerous team. They will be playing SFA on the road on Saturday. So tell us about your trip here. So you're heading out Friday to Nacogdoches? Yeah, I'm going going Friday, Friday afternoon. I'll, you know, see the campus, see all the glorious fine dining that Nacogdoches has to offer. Last time I was there, it was my birthday, 27, in case you guys That's remember. what I heard. And uh, then we got a whole slate filled on Saturday, 10.30 a.m. Latrell Jassel, SFA men's basketball player, is uh, going to be joining for a Whack All Access in person. So this is you on Instagram right. Live. Yes, we're going to do it on IG Live. We're just going to talk. It was his birthday last week. Uh, it's going to be great. And then we got the game. So, so, so let me back up. So you're going to film this. So last year you talked to Asia Wilson, yeah, uh, WNBA MVP from the Las Vegas Aces, on on a similar way. Is that is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking I might be able to you know have someone helping and just kind of film it. You know, okay. like is it or maybe put Hunter on a tripod? Yes, yes. Put on a tripod maybe, just so it's you know it's not me. I don't know. We might be able to move it around if he wants to do something. You know, show off his dance moves. I don't know. Maybe his singing. He was. Uh, we saw that clip. A week or two ago, where he's saying "Happy Birthday." Yeah, to, he had some one of their, nice vocals. Yeah, so very maybe good. Maybe we'll we'll bring that onto the whack. <laughs> now, be access. careful singing "Happy Birthday" because I believe it's copyrighted. Oh, really? Yeah, I think some guy in Hoboken, New Jersey, gets like ten bucks every time somebody sings it. How do I? How does that happen? I'm just making up oh. the guy, but I think that's a real story that oh. somebody actually owns the copyright to. So don't Happy sing birthday. it. You would have to change it somehow. I feel like so, like when you I'm go to a restaurant, you just mentioned your birthday, twenty. Oh, and they're birthday. like, "Happy birthday to yes. you!" Yes, oh, they can't sing the actual that's "Happy Birthday" song. Yeah, no way. I'm gonna yeah. have to do some significant research this evening. Well, I'm telling you, it's a thing. Well, anyway, besides <laughs> that incredible thing that you will definitely want to set your alarms for, ten thirty Central Time for our viewers who are listening in other time zones, and then we have the game. 2 p.m. Central Time. Tip on ESPN Plus will be on the sidelines for that one. And then, you know, we'll see see what else uh, what else we got. There's some cool other storylines. There's, you know. Still a, working on some of those potential stories? Yeah, just can't really give away what, what's to come. Okay. Okay. Because you know? I know there's one I'm pretty excited about if you 
are able to pull it off. What one? The golfer. Oh, yes. We're talking feature story with yes. that guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. A little sit-down interview with him. Okay, I'm thinking that, too. We had You said, I brought it to you yesterday, and you're like, let's sit sit on it. So this is us sitting on it. This is you telling me it's feature. So now I know <laughs> it's feature. You guys heard it here. I'm doing a feature. So the story. He doesn't even know it, but he yeah. will. He, he's going to be at the game where I will ambush him. But he, he is he's in his 40s, correct? Yeah. And he served in the Army, I believe. I mean, so a great story. Yeah. Uh, to be competing at the Division One level. Uh, yes. As a, as a student athlete and then also is doing some stuff for SFA on their YouTube channel, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's an interesting doing story. Doing it all. So I, I was told that he would be at the women's game. And so if you're listening, Jonathan, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I'll go through our wonderful crew over at SFA and confirm all that but yeah that's looking like a nice I'll probably drive back obviously then after the game on on Saturday evening and uh spend a nice Sunday watching our NFL football uh playoffs uh and whack the (laughs) the Dallas Cowboys is going to say Denver Broncos that would have been really funny if they were in the playoffs that would have (laughs) been people pretty excited around here about the Cowboys winning a playoff game I know, and, and against the man himself. Against Tom Brady. Yeah, it wasn't even close. I mean. So tonight, uh, WAC men's basketball, uh, we mentioned Stephen F. Austin at Sam Houston. That's a 6.30 Central time start. UTRGV will play UT Arlington. We were over there today feeding the Road to WAC Vegas show. Saw UTRGV uh, doing their walkthrough, uh, getting ready for the game. Coach Matt Figger. Also, New Mexico State at Southern Utah. You talked to Spencer McLaughlin in our second segment. They will be hosting the Aggies, who we talked about. I mean, that's the biggest shock of the year so far. They're still looking for their first conference win here on January 19th. And then Tarleton going to Seattle U. This is a uh, this is a sneaky one. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Tarleton's always a tough Hot team to play. Seattle U has the Southern Utah game coming up on Saturday. Billy Gillespie always tough to play against so that that's a, that'll be a fun one to watch that's on the uh, west coast so that'll be seven o'clock pacific nine o'clock central tonight guess i'll have to put that one down to watch while i'm researching the happy birthday copyright <laughs> i got a busy busy night ahead busy of night ahead uh you mentioned women's basketball you'll be on the sidelines for sfa and uta on saturday sfa is currently on top of the resume seating system on the women's side. And again, they have a conference loss. They did lose to Grand Canyon, but the strength of their schedule has them at number one. Utah Tech at number two. Grand Canyon, you talked to Molly Miller a week ago in person at number three, and they did it, uh, pull off a, a big win against UTA and then uh, went down, beat UTRGV on the road. They were down... What was it? Uh, they they scored uh, 11 points in a row to close out the game, went on an 11-0 run to win, I believe, by 11 points. It was like a tie game with two minutes to go, and they win by 11. Yeah, no, they really came on strong at the end. Southern Utah, the one undefeated team in WAC play, Woo! number four. So go figure. Now, when we get to WAC Vegas, top four is huge because those four teams – get buys in the first round in the first round which is also new because last year you know we had those buys all the way into the semifinals. Right. well different teams had buys but yeah now it's just you get one round by 
And then UT Arlington, number five. As we mentioned, eight and ten, but they are number five in the in the resume seating there. California Baptist kind of creeping up. You knew Jared Olson wasn't going to stay down for long. I know. And, you know, he's always a fun one to talk to because he's so, like, you'd ask him about his team, and he's just like, well, you're going to see – like, basically, you're going to see what you're going to see, okay? Like, that, that's what it is. And so a little nervous at the start, and – you know, they're they're coming on nicely. They lost a lot of big pieces last year, and so they've had to make some adjustments, and so I like what I'm seeing. And I think they've got some players back playing well. I saw a Trinity San Antonio yeah. uh, playing well, and that'll be a fun team to watch as we head down the stretch. Indoor track is underway. Uh, swimming and diving is underway. We're only about a month out from those championships happening as well as you'll be going to Spokane, Washington for indoor track and field. I'll be heading down to FAR, Texas, P-H-A-R-R, near Edinburgh. Fantastic facility for the WAC Swimming and Diving Championships. That should be a really fun one for you to get all the way down. You're go. I'm going. You're going down. I'm going up. It would be harder to get further away from each other than than the tip of Texas, <laughs> all the way up to Washington State. That is true. Really putting some distance. I mean, we could between. maybe Alaska. Maybe we could have a championship in Alaska would be further away. But, well, I'm uh, like when you go for golf, you're almost going into Canada there. This is true. But I'll be and you'll in be at UTA, UTA right here for the tennis championships. Yeah. Yeah. And how uh, we pick that one? Before you know it, and and we were looking ahead uh, for the next month, you're going to be going on a whack road trip. Actually, next week to Abilene Christian. That's right. And then in about three weeks, four weeks to Grand Canyon. Yes. Uh, when they play Abilene Christian in the ESPNU game, but when you're there, baseball will be starting up, and GCU kicks things off their home schedule with Tennessee ranked number two in the country. I know. I think the day after they play Michigan State, and I want to say they're up. And there then they in play the Michigan as well. Yeah, I mean, um, you talk about getting yourself ready. <laughs> Having a tough non-conference schedule. What's the resume seating system for baseball? Yeah, that's what I, I want to know. And and they got it. They'll have a new head coach because Andy Stankowitz is now over with the with the Pac-12. Greg Wallace became the fifth head coach in the history of Grand Canyon University back in July. Longtime assistant, spent nine years with Andy Stankowitz, and so now gets a chance to take over. A uh, team that got an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament in baseball last year. One of the best teams year in, year out in WAC baseball. And Jacob Wilson, I saw on, on one of the preseason uh, award lists, is a first-team uh, All-American preseason. How about this one? Hot take alert. Not a hot take alert, but if we do recall last year baseball, New Mexico State slips into the tournament. They're the last ones in. They get that. They have to. And you would know, not have been this year because Utah Tech and Tarleton were both oh, not right. eligible. That's right. So if they were both eligible for the tournament last year, New Mexico State would not have been in the tournament. Right. So New Mexico State gets into the tournament and then they go on this absolutely maniac run of after their domination bus breaks down. after their bus breaks down twice i mean what are we doing over there 
they get here, who cares? Because they got here and they, well, actually, they did not bring, I believe it's the home run sombrero or something. So I do have a bone to pick with that team if it's not there in Mesa this year. But then they're we're giving you like some problems. peanut butter and jelly oh, yeah. sandwiches in the, in the dugout. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just a vibe. I mean, if I needed a snack, New Mexico State dugout, <laughs> Coach Kirby is out there making a sandwich. So, let's go. I know. It was just so great. And so here we go. We're let's this is where my hot take, not hot take. Okay. Hot it could be we could call this a segment. Kendra's hot take, not take. Hot take, not Kendra's take. <laughs> medium cold take. Hot take, not take. Yeah. You think okay. it can catch on? No, we'll work on it. All right, all right. Hot take, not take. I like, like it. Well, let's hear what the take okay. is. Is uh, <laughs> New Mexico State men's basketball, they're like winless right now, but what happens if they sneak into the tournament? They they start, things start They could to turn be the around. baseball team yes, of this year. Yes, that was I see my hot take, not yes. take. Yeah, I mean. That's it. <laughs> and having watched them play a little bit, yeah, there is something missing with, you know, the way they, but there's also the talent there. Yeah, and if if it but comes, do they have that one guy like they had Teddy Buckets who they could? I mean, they I had don't know other if they have guys. A Teddy Buckets, but I could step up. I mean, Johnny McCants is gone, big time leader. But how did their baseball team do it? All of a sudden, they're pitching. Remember, they had the. You know the, what? That is so true. Like I was very young. I don't. Know if, I don't well, they had the one pitcher that they rolled out, and he, he had like a eight ERA, and then he like goes yes. nine innings and gives up one run. Yes. I don't Maybe know. Maybe they have somebody like that. Yeah. Just comes off the bench and hits nine three-pointers. Hot take, not take. Look at the Aggies. If they make it to <laughs> Vegas, check them out. Check them out. <laughs> Speaking of checking out, we got Spencer McLaughlin coming up next. Uh, you have an in-depth conversation about men's and women's basketball at Southern Utah coming up next. Do not go anywhere. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Kendra Sheehan now joined by Spencer McLaughlin, who is the TV play-by-play voice of the Thunderbirds. Spencer, welcome to the show. We're super happy to have you to break down some men's and women's hoops. Thank you. It is great to be here. I hope everyone doesn't mind that, uh, that my dog Lucy joins us in the background. We love it. We love it. And it's bright and early. It's even earlier your time. So we definitely appreciate you coming on here and talking. Some hoops will start with the men's team right now. They're cruising. They're five and one in the whack. They're on a three game win streak coming off a nice nine point win over Stephen F. Austin has been tough and also 12 point win over Sam Houston, two teams who are pretty high in the whack resume seating standings. For you, as someone who's an insider who gets to watch a lot of the games, what are you liking from this Thunderbird offense that you've seen so far in the first six games of black play? Well, Todd Simons talked about it extensively. Their ability to to get to the free throw line has been consistent. Home games, road games, it it hasn't mattered. They, They get there, and that's part of their approach. It's part of their philosophy is being aggressive, cutting a lot, getting to the basket, being physical, being smart. The, the advantage that, that they've really got in, in that department, Kendra, and drawing fouls, getting looks at the free throw line is they've got three fifth-year seniors in, in their starting lineup, Tevian Jones, Harrison Butler, and Mason Fawcett. And those guys are so heady, so savvy, so athletic, so smart. They know how, not, not to manipulate uh, officials, 
but to know what's going to get them to, to the free throw line, to put their player, their defenders in a vulnerable position, to put themselves in a position to either get a quality shot or, or get to the free throw line themselves. And, and Tevian Jones has, of course, led the way, one of the two or three best scorers in the WAC as we tape this show at just under 20 a game. He continues to be good night after night after night, even better than he was a year ago. That, that's been a big part of, of what's driving their offense is their ability to get to the line and Tevian Jones consistent scoring. And then you toss in guys like Jason Spurgeon and Drake Allen who are just rock solid. That's the best way to describe them both. They're not going to have a bunch of 20 or 30 point games this year. But as you watch their offense play and develop on a weekly basis, you see just how integral Spurgeon and Allen are. And that starting five has just been really, really good. Some solid pieces off the bench as well. But the, the starting five and their experience and the poise that they play with is, is really indicative on a nightly basis. You look at some of the guys who are, you know, leading the team in scoring. You got five guys who are averaging in double figures. And four of those five guys have been with the program at least three years. So there's that veteran presence. There's that familiarity with the system. Is that what is helping this team? You have so many guys who, you know, you have that three-headed dragon attack of those fifth-year seniors. And then you have these guys that are just so familiar with, coach Simon's system yeah it, it certainly helps you know and Drake Allen I think has been such a, a revelation for this offense and coach Simon didn't add him via the transfer portal from Snow College by by accident this offseason for sure but his role just continues to increase more and more because it has really been primarily driven by guys like Mason Fawcett who's starting to find his three-point shot after struggling for uh, a good chunk of this season, frankly, he'd been over 30%, but has hit down seven or eight in his last couple of games. And you, you look at the way Tevian Jones and Harrison Butler play out there, they know exactly what they're supposed to do. And I think having their presence there has really helped a guy like Drake Allen incorporate himself a little bit more slowly. And it's been such a perfect mix because Allen didn't shoot a lot of threes at the start of the season, but he's doing that more and more. And he looks confident doing so, but they didn't need him to as often. So he was able to kind of let that confidence fester and grow. And now it's really coming to fruition where he is the, the ringleader of the five. Anytime he is on the court, he's the point guard, he's the ball handler, and he is facilitating that offense in masterful fashion. And he doesn't need to score, but he can score and he facilitates so very well. And I think having the other guys there to you know, understand what is needed of them and what is being asked of them. Every game has been a real big benefit for Coach Simon's team. When you look at the college landscape today and, and the way that the transfer portal and you can get eligibility you know, almost immediately, you don't have to sit out for that year. Um, you, you see players that are constantly moving, but on this team, you have guys, you know, three guys in particular that came back for their fifth year with this same program, you got guys, you know, third year, right. third year with the program. What does that say about, you know, what coach Simon has brought to, uh, to the city and, and to this school that allows guys or makes guys want to stay and, and come back for those additional years? Well, he, he's become such a beloved figure in, in Cedar city because he is, he's, he's a phenomenal coach. He is a really, really great guy, easy to get along with. And, you know, when when you look at three different guys, 
not one guy who, who, you know, maybe he recruited or gave an opportunity to or anything like that, but all three guys coming back th- this season for, for a fifth year, I think it speaks to the belief that they have in him a- as a coach. And he is rewarding that faith with the start that they have right now and the position that they're setting themselves up for as, as the year goes on. So it, it's really a testament to, having a great coaching staff around him uh, as well. His associate head coach, Flynn Clayman, does an excellent job in, in that role. And the rest of his staff is outstanding top to bottom. And w- when you look at, it's not just that guys came back. It, it's also the caliber of guys who came back. It's Tevian Jones, who's going to be an all-whack player. It's Mason Fawcett, who is just the smartest, do-whatever-is-needed guy you could possibly find. It's Harrison Butler, who's been the sixth man for the last several years, but has now slid into a starting role and filled it very well. Having that caliber of player say, we want to come back and play for Coach Simon again is a testament to how good of a coach he is. Well, it's Thunderbirds first year in the WAC coming from the Big Sky Conference, our WAC basketball tournament, 12 out of 13 teams making, then it's seeded by this new WAC resume seeding system that takes into account a team's full season of work, not just conference play. And you look at, you know, uh, Southern Utah coming in, we knew that they had a chance this first year to be a contender in the top half of the WAC standings, just based on, you know, what the team looked like before the season. Now, you know, currently they're sitting in fourth in the seating system at a five and one record. Where do you see this team's ceiling as we head to the second half of conference play? We get closer to that WAC Vegas tournament where they can fight to win that title. Well, I think they're showing right now they can play with anybody. I mean, Sam or Stephen F. Austin rather hadn't lost a conference regular season game since January of last year to Seattle U and Southern Utah beat him and really controlled most of the game. It was an ugly muck it up sort of game. But as Coach Simon told me on the post game chat, that's every Stephen F. Austin game. That, that's what they want to do. And the, the versatility in, in terms of ways that they can win has been a really, really encouraging sign if, if you're a Thunderbirds fan because, you know, some teams have a, a punch, but they don't have a counter. They don't have a, a secondary element. And, and Southern Utah showed they could win a shootout. They could win a middle uh, of the road scoring game. They can win with defense. They can win with offense. They can just scrap and claw and fight their way to, to a victory. They, they've got more than one way to do it. And and I think knocking off a team like SFA who had been scorching hot, having won seven, their their seven previous games going into it, it is a testament to what the team is capable of, but it is all about as with everybody else, how you play in March. That is true. And they have a big matchup coming up this week. Seattle, U will take on Southern Utah, Seattle, U, the only unbeaten team as of right now, left for the men that is saturday january 21st at the red hawk center a 4 p.m mountain time start on espn plus let's switch over to the women now because they're having just as good of a season as the men they're right now five and oh in the whack on a five game win streak nine and seven overall and so Spencer, when you look at this women's team who, you know, hasn't lost, it's, you know, they're new to the conference as well this year, haven't lost. Uh, what have you liked from this team as the early start of WAC play is, has passed already? 
Well, first, I think it's important to point out that the rest of the teams in the WAC have to be looking around saying, wait, why did we add them? What are they doing here? What, what, like, what's, <laughs> what, what's going on? This isn't how these sorts of conference additions and realignment moves are, are supposed to go. You're not supposed to walk in and then just win, win your first five games. But they're, they're just a tough, gritty team, you know, and they added a couple notable transfers, one of whom they're still playing without in Tamika Whitman, who is a high volume, high impact player for them. And to still have that card up their sleeve as the season goes on, I, I think is a, a scary thought for a lot of teams in, in the Western Athletic Conference right now, because this is a Southern Utah team that's just playing good basketball. And, and much like the men, they can win in more than one way. They've had, you know, some good offensive showings, but they're stingy. And the biggest thing really that they do, Kendra, they're long. They, they are so, they have an embarrassment of riches of long players and it makes them so tough to score on because Lizzie Williamson last game got into foul trouble early and Tracy Sanders just looked at her bench and said, okay, I'm going to sub out that six, five player. And I'm going to put in my other six, five player. In addition to having Megan Jensen at six foot three, your starting power forward, the, the UVU transfer has been magnificent this year, but you can't talk about Southern Utah right now and not discuss Sharita Doherty, who's been just magnificent. And, and right now, for my money, looks like the WAC player of the year at this point in time. I mean, the team is 5-0, and and she has been over 20 points in every conference game she's scored this year. And she's doing it, perhaps the most impressive part, three-point shooting has never been a hallmark of her game, but that department has taken a step back compared to last year. But her scoring has taken a step up because she's a dynamic athlete and – She's just lethal in the mid-range and she knows how to get to her spots and she knows how to attack. And when she comes into the lane, she is on a mission to score the basketball. And she's been doing it over and over again. Uh, last time out, she attempted a program record, 16 free throws and made all of them. And she is not going in there and getting ticky-tack foul calls. She is going in there looking for contact, taking the contact, sometimes finishing through it. But She's just so smart, so heady. She runs the pick and roll exceptionally well. She's a great facilitator as well. I think she's really improved that element of her game coming into this season and as it has gone on. And they're just so deep and so long. They're playing some really, really good basketball as well. And they're not the best three-point shooting team in the conference. Far from it. It's not like they're scoring points by going to the perimeter they they're aware of their size what their strengths are and Tracy Sanders and her staff who do a great job play to that very well well with Sharita Doherty and and her 16 free throws that she attempted 16 made it seems like both of these Southern Utah both the men's and the women's team has a focus on getting to the free throw line and then when you're there of course you know making as many of those shots as possible when you look at this team and you add Megan Jensen the UVU transfer she's right now second on the team in scoring over 11 points per game how did you see her fitting in initially and kind of learning the system and as you've watched her progress this season what are some of the things that stand out to you I think early in the season she was a little bit more timid as she was trying to find her footing but then as the year has gone on a little bit like Drake Allen on the men's side you see her role just grow and grow and her confidence just grow and grow and Tracy Sanders has talked about how she's very aware of how skilled a player Megan Jensen is and she's put that on display on 
more than one occasion, had a career high 22 points uh, against her former team in one of their five conference wins. And, and she's just such a savvy player. No one finds opportunities for open layups more so than, than I've seen than Megan Jensen. She does an exceptional job of, of just navigating the traffic down there, setting herself up, right? It, you hear this, I, I think, in soccer a lot that it takes two to make a great pass because someone has to play the ball, but someone has to make the run at the right time. And Megan Jensen's cuts and feel and awareness down inside the paint and the chemistry that, that she's built and it's really grown with both of the guards that, that Southern Utah has, both of whom are exceptional, Sharita Doherty and Dela Bolina. They have done a really good job of figuring that out. And she just finds them easy buckets. You know, she has the skill to go in a one-on-one -on -one post up situation and utilize uh, an array of post moves. She's starting to incorporate the three point shot into her game, which Tracy Sanders has said is part of her game. They know she's a good shooter and want her to keep letting those fly. And it, it seems like she will. And that just adds another dimension to the S Southern Utah offense. But the way that Southern Utah can just dominate you in, in the paint. Yeah, Lizzie Williamson is really tall and Ashley Banks is really tall. And, their defensive prowess is notable, but Megan Jensen has been just just outstanding at, at the offensive end. And it's not the flashiest, it's not the most eye-popping style of game. But then you look up and you say, wow, she had 17 and 11 tonight. That's like the quietest 17 and 11 you, you've ever seen. But then at the end of the day, it's a really productive double-double caliber player. That's true. And now they'll have an opportunity to once again face their rival Utah Tech next, and then they'll take on Grand Canyon women's basketball, who's on a bit of a roll as well. Should be a great matchup. Thank you so much, Spencer, for joining us. Come coming on the podcast and breaking down these teams for us. Happy to join anytime talking hoops. All right. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you in WAC Vegas. Thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.